I want you to follow with me. We've got a few scriptures to get through. I did give a snippet to the guys in the AV, so maybe it'll be up on the screen. But I do encourage you to look in your own Bibles or your phones. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So I began to break apart this idea, what is faith? And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 begins to teach us. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's not something that you can see, but it's so tangible that the word describes it this way. It is a substantial hope, a hope that is so strong, so powerful, you can bank on it. It is something that you can uh, understand that, if you, and like we understand banks, if you put money in a bank, right, you know that you can pull money out. But we don't understand that that is the currency of heaven. Faith works in the same way. That as you begin to trust God, the more you begin to believe, the more that you'll be able to with, make withdrawals from heaven. Amen. So follow with me in verse 6. This is the thing I really want you to grab hold of. The Bible says in verse 6, Hebrews chapter 11. Remember, Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. It's probably better described as the hall of fame. Okay, you'll see here listed a whole bunch of heroes of faith and what they did to demonstrate that faith. Let's have a look in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says this, and without faith, it is impossible. Everyone say impossible. impossible. I thought God is a God of the impossible. He is. He is. But have a look at this. It just changes the way that you look at scripture. Without faith... It is impossible. Turn to the person as you say, you can't do it. Turn to the neighbor around you, tell them, without faith, you can't do it. You got nothing. We're hoping with hope that, you know, that without faith, I can do some mighty things for God. Many of you have had a prophetic word spoken over your life, and it hasn't yet come to pass. And yet you still haven't stepped into faith. You've never stretched yourself. You've never allowed yourself to be in a, a place where you are stretched. You're thinking, God, how am I going to do this? How is it going to be possible? I'm here to tell you it isn't possible. Without faith, it is impossible. But look at the next words. It is impossible to please God. So if you're thinking to yourself, I don't really need faith. We live in one of the richest nations of the world. In fact, I saw studies us trawling through my different feeds and different news. I think it was a Google News article that said that they, they, every year they rank nations of the world, which are the richest, apparently based on the median income. And the median income wasn't based on the richest man in Australia and the poorest man in Australia. They decided, let's separate them into the, among the rich, among the, among the middle to poor income, and have a look at that. We rank as the richest nation of the world. Look at the person next to you and say, you're rich. Can I have some of that? We live in a country where our medical system is so good, we don't fear going to a public hospital. In fact, in the private hospitals, if they can't help that person, they send them to the public hospitals, to the surgeons there to fix the problem. Whereas in America, for example, you don't want to be in the state system there. You may not walk out alive. You might just have a cut. You may not make it out when you come back. It's dangerous. 
But our, medic, uh, our medical system is second to none. It is outstanding. Our level of income is outstanding compared to the rest of the world. Now, some of you are thinking, I don't, I'm not feeling that. You are rich in comparison to many nations of the world. But here's the problem with that. you got a great medical system. You know where your next meal is coming from. You have a roof over your head. And as a result, you don't need faith for that. You don't have to believe God where your next meal is coming from. You don't have to trust in God to figure out, am I going to have a roof over my head tomorrow? You know you've got a roof over your head. And the money keeps coming in because our, our tax system is so good. <laughs> Here, have some more, Mr. Taxman. Our tax system is so good, and the way that our welfare system works, it looks after you to a very high standard. Praise the Lord. But if you're not stepping into faith, the Bible's telling us, without faith, you can't please God. I want to challenge you with this thought here. The essence of our life is to please God. Think about this for a moment. Rick Warren wrote this book, The Purpose Driven Life. And inherent in this book, he talks about this fact that our sole purpose is to enjoy God. Our sole purpose is to please God and to live for him. Because if you try to live for anything else, you will fall short of the glory of God and you will live a purposeless life. So indeed, if we are living a life to please God... Then inherent in that ability, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, you can't do that without faith. Charles F. Kettering writes that when he was a research head of General Motors, one of the large car companies in the United States, I believe we have Jim Motors here as well. In fact, Holden was rebadged as a GM car in the United States. But what he would do is he'd place a table outside the meeting room and he would tell them, leave your slide rules here. How many people know what a slide rule is? Only, <laughs> that's right, some older ones know. Basically a calculator. He made them leave it outside as they walked into this meeting because he says, invariably, if they brought the slide rule with them and he's casting vision to them, someone would stand up after looking at a slide rule and say, no, sir, that's impossible. But indeed, we're supposed to be people of faith. It is not possible to work out how miracles happen. I tried to do that as a young man, and things simply don't add up. I'm a logical person. I like to know how to get from A to B, and I know the steps to get there. And so it was a struggle for me as a young man to figure out how do miracles work. I remember when I was uh, invited by one of the members of our church to go to Fiji in 2013, and we visited the prisons in Fiji. And let me tell you, it wasn't just the nice, there's no nice prisons at all anyway, but this is not a nice prison in Fiji. We went to maximum security where it's like a prison within a prison. And then they locked the door behind us. And there, you know, this guy says, go ahead and preach, Pastor Paul. They go, oh my word, you know, like, what if they don't receive this word, you know? Are they going to break open the things? But we're locked in. We've got a literal captive audience. I remember preceding that, I was still getting used to it, and we had landed in Fiji. 
And I was saying to this guy, look, I, I come from Southeast Asia. I know the culture of Malaysia. I know the culture of Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand, but I'm not familiar with the Fijian culture. I believe it's very similar, but how about you preach the first session? We, I just arrived off the plane. We were picked up, taken straight to the prison to preach. And this guy wanted, to, he told me later, he goes, I'm so sorry, Pastor, I tried to impress you. So he started to preach, but he is not a teacher of the word. He's a preacher, but he tried to get into teaching mode. And then when it came to the end, he says, you know, I feel that um, uh, you know, God wants to heal somebody here today. You've, you've, you've got a limp. You can barely walk. You're in a lot of pain. God wants to heal you. And who is that person? No one raised their hand. Okay, well, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand? No one did. In fact, while he was preaching, one of the prisoners out was was outraged, stood up, and he said, you said this is supposed to be a betterment program, not a church service. And out of nowhere, these guards came and took this guy away, kicking and screaming, thinking, this is not a great audience to be preaching to. And so this guy's looking to me, can you please help? So I get up there, though, oh, God, you're going to have to come through because I, I don't have the faith. I don't understand how this works, and I don't know the systems, but I know you. you got to step in. And so I began to get up there and I began to explain what he was saying, this, this gentleman that just shared with you, is he was bringing a word of knowledge. God told him, one of you here is in a lot of pain. Your body is in pain right now to the point that you can barely walk. You're limping. You probably need a crutch. You probably have a crutch here today. And I began telling them stories of miracles and how God healed people in our ministry. And so with that, someone right at the back lifted up his hand. And you can tell he was in pain. He, was, he could barely move his leg, and he was, he was just in agony. Hear him groaning as he walks up to the front. Well, not walks. He's limping his way to the front in agony. And so we began to pray for this man. You don't need to be eloquent. The Bible says that when Jesus prayed for people, he never spent a long time praying and interceding on their behalf. He didn't do that. The Bible says he would just give a word, and they were healed. That's because the prayer time was done before the moment of encounter. Some of you are wondering why there's no power in your ministry, why there's no power in your life. You've even questioned the Lord because when you prayed, God didn't answer your prayer, and so you stopped praying. Can I encourage you today to pray more, to press in more, to don't give up with the first... This is the moment you say, yes, amen. Don't give up after the first moment when God says... It seems like he says, no, no, no. He's waiting to see how desperate you are. So we prayed for this gentleman. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the pain in his body. Command it right now to go, leave this body in Jesus' name. We asked the guy, how are you feeling? And he said... About half, I got about half the level of pain. He was very shocked. So Jesus is doing something right now. Yes. Well, let's just pray again. Hands went on him again. We began to pray. By this time, I'm asking all the prisoners around him, just come on up. You want to see this, see what God is doing. They came up. We prayed for him again. Instantly, all the pain left him. You've got to give glory to the Lord for this. But then he was still limping. So I said to this guy, I said, I guarantee you, get him to sit down. That one leg is shorter than the other. And it was about two inches shorter. 
So I said to all the prisoners, have a look around. What's wrong with his legs? Go ahead, hold his legs up. So they held both his feet up side by side. And they, I made them a struggle with the English. What's wrong? I said, yeah, what's, what's wrong with it? And they're just shaking their head. Okay, what is exactly wrong right now? One leg, not the same as the other. I said, right. So you'd say, is one shorter than the other? Yes. I said, okay, look at what Jesus will do. So I told this guy who preached, had no, no effect, no results. I said, I want you to command that leg to grow. He's looked at me, what? I said, don't worry. If you stuff it up, I'll fix it. <laughs> Jesus has got this. You go ahead and do that. The anointing is here right now. And so he held those feet up and he commanded that shorter leg. In the name of Jesus, I command you to grow. And before their very eyes, the leg began to grow and it stopped. It wasn't quite complete. It grew a centimeter. I said, well, don't give up now. Pray again. So he prayed again, and the, the foot began to grow. Now it's, it's an inch away, from two inches to one inch. I said, pray again. And all these prisoners, they're like wiping their mouth. They couldn't figure out what's going on. This is crazy. How is this happening? By the fourth prayer, both feet were the same length. And by this time, we're saying to the prisoners, how many want to give their life to Jesus? Every hand went up. If you're wondering about the purpose of miracles... It isn't just to be kept in this house. I believe that we are about to see an outbreak of miracles and healings such as you've never seen before. That's why the Lord is saying, you got to preach this word. Because when people start to believe in faith that God can do anything, God will work and God will move. And so the faith in that room was crazy. Everyone gives their life to Jesus. Many of them are Christians. They're born Christians as Fijians, right? And But then they I said... You haven't been following the Lord because you're here in prison. God wants lordship over your life, not just someone who goes to church. Going to church doesn't make you any more of a Christian than sleeping in the garage makes you a car. We come to church because we want to receive vision, encouragement. We want ministry to take place. That's why we gather together. In fact, I might not even pray for you, but the person next to you has the authority to pray for you. And you'll see release, you'll see miracles, you'll see deliverance. God will answer prayers. Amen. It's the body of Christ. But some of you have grown up in a church mentality where only the pastors do that. Can I tell you, that's not what scripture says. The Bible says that we all are ministers of a new covenant. I want to tell you, when things don't add up, believe. When nothing seems to change, believe, trust God. When the doctor tells you the bad news, believe, trust God. Oh my goodness. Here's the thing I want you to grab hold of. Every day of your life is meant to be lived by faith. That's why the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. If you are unjust, you are a breaker of the law of God. Just, you know how justice works? The word judge comes from the word justice. The word jury comes from the word justice. This is what it's talking about. The just, the justice, the upright shall live by faith. How many people are righteous before God? Only like one third, of the, how many, that mean, if you said your prayer, God, come into my life, I'm so sorry. If you did that, you're, you're just before God. How many just people are in the house this morning? That's it. Pretty much every hand is going up. The Bible says the just, that's you, shall live by faith. You're supposed to be stretching yourself beyond the comfortable. I'm not talking about doing stupid stuff. You know, I, I pray for some people and I, I find out the pastor saying they're going to try and give up the meds. 
and I, I, I come up to them and say, no, don't do that. You stay on your meds. What will happen is the healing will be so radical, the doctor will have to tell you to change the medication. You let the doctors confirm the healing because it will be, like, you're not making the stuff up. I've seen people, this is a little caveat, who try to live by faith, but God never told them I'm going to heal you. They haven't heard a word of the Lord, and they were going so radical that it ends up disastrous. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about work with the doctors and see what God will do. Do you remember that old song, I walk by faith? I walk by faith. Each step, you can see with me, by faith to live, by faith I'll put my trust in him or you. You walk by faith. There is Zenith right there. Why don't we do it? If the Bible says all these things, why aren't we walking by faith? And this is the thing. I, I, just want to, I just want to itch that little, uh, I just want to increase that itch upon your life for the miraculous. I began last week in saying that that was the journey God gave me. He began to challenge me. So here's the thought. You can't walk by faith unless you are truly living for Christ. When you are reading the Word of God, when you are praying, I'm telling you now, if you've got ears to hear, God's going to tell you to do something, and you're thinking, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't have the resources. I don't have the ability. I don't have the influence. That's where faith comes in. God isn't looking for the qualified. He's not calling the qualified, but he qualifies the called. When he calls you, God will enable you and give you every resource and every tool to do the task that God has for you. And if it's impossible, my wife says this, you know, Paul, if you can work it out in your head, it's not God. I remember when we first were thinking about coming to this building, David's a man of faith. We can come here, Pastor. We've got this here. I'm thinking, God, how are we going to do this? But we're doing well. You've been faithful in your giving. We've been trusting God, and he's been providing. It's the most crazy thing. But God's going to stretch us. I'm just trying to build up some faith before I ever teach you about miracle offerings, which is coming out. I'm going to give you a vision that will blow your mind. You're like, no way. God wants you to do it. When you live for yourself... It will always be safe, unchallenged, uninspired, because inspiration comes from God, boring. In fact, some of you may be thinking when you walked in the doors today, the Christian walk is boring. That's because you have not yet stepped out in faith. Whoo! Let me tell you, when you walk with God by faith, it is a scary, scary situation. When God puts you in that place, he says, I want you to do this, but God, I can't do it. How are you expecting me to do this? I remember coming, uh, uh, and I've been uh, ministering in so many places. I remember uh, going to, uh, actually, I'll, I'll give another one from Fiji. I went to women's prison to pray. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just so weird. And there's all these women, you know, the guards are there. They're heavily armed, walking around like this. And you're supposed to be preaching like it's just normal, you know, to have guards with M16 rifles and all that walking around you. And, you know, just uh, preaching the word because God told you, just preach. Okay? I don't know what God's going to do. I have no idea what to expect. All I know is I'm going to do what he tells me to do. So he says, get all the women to line up. You're going to pray for them. If you're sick, if you need a touch from God, come forward. 
I remember coming up across one woman. I said, what's the problem? She says, uh, she says I, I, can, I can barely read. I cannot read. And my family can't afford glasses. In, in the prisons, they can't even afford a pair of thongs. So they walk around barefoot in these prisons. And so I said, come on, let's pray. So I said, put your hand over your eyes. And I put my hands on her hand. It's this simple, I'm telling you. If I can do it, you can do it. In the name of Jesus, I command these eyes to open now. What do you see? She, she goes, I, I'm starting to see clearly. So I said, bring, her, bring your Bible. Where's your Bible? She went to get a Bible. I said, can you read it? She says, I can read the big letters, Genesis. I said, okay, let's pray again. Put your hands over your eyes. Let's pray again. I command these eyes in the name of Jesus to open. God made them both. Eyes to see, ears to hear. I command these eyes to see. Okay, what do you see? And she goes, I'm starting to see the words. Close your eyes again. We prayed. One more time. In the name of Jesus, we command these eyes to open clearly. 2020 vision now in Jesus' name. And I said, open the Bible, begin to read. And she began to read. In the beginning, God created. And tears are pouring down her face. It doesn't take much. All it takes is for someone to give it a go. For some of you, it, maybe that's too big a leap. Right now, the only leap God wants you to do is tell your friend about Jesus. Tell your friend about what he's done in your life. And let me tell you, if you're feeling God hasn't done anything in my life, that's because you haven't stepped in faith. When you begin reading the word, applying the word to your life, when you are praying and preparing yourself for that ministry encounter, that one moment, now you're ready. God says, just go and tell them about me. You'll be amazed what God will do. See, for others, the Holy Spirit might be challenging you in the area of finance. That's a simple step right there. A lot of people trusting that God will be able to come through. You see a person in need, that's the Holy Spirit. Did you help them? Do you pay a tithe to God? Do it. It will stretch you. Oh, I can't do this. Stretch yourself. Like, like I'm saying, little by little. I remember one particular pastor was preaching, and he said this. Some of you have heard this story before. If God has given you faith to believe him for a bicycle, this is a man from Africa, then don't ask him for a motorbike. Don't ask him for a car. Just ask him for a bicycle, and God will provide and then he begins to give this story, and he says how God spoke to him. When he was an assistant pastor, his, his senior pastor drove a car. It was an old, old car, ugly, nasty, but it was a car, and they didn't own anything, so that was a luxury item. And so when he became the senior pastor, he's driving this car to church, and he was so happy. Look at me, you know, I'm in my car. And then God says, Johnson, I'm going to give you a BMW 3 Series back in those days. And he says, What? And he decided to tell the church. Now, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but when God tells you something, you've got to get it out. Make yourself accountable. God told me you're healed. You're going to have a son. You call him David. You, you'll hear the story from last week. I spoke it out, so I'm held accountable now. And he did this. And the church saying, oh, God bless you, Pastor. That's really great. Because they can't afford to get him a car at all, let alone a BMW 3 Series. So they knew it was going to be a miracle from God. Well, day by day and every week, the church is coming up. Pastor Johnson, have you got the car yet? He says, no, but it's coming. Pastor Johnson, have you got the car yet? No, but it's coming. Week after week after week, there was no car. But rather than wane in his faith, because God said it, I believe it. He spoke it out. He's going to, he's going to walk in faith. He believed the Lord so much so, rather than wane, he decided, I'm not going to park this car in my garage anymore. It doesn't deserve 
to be there. My garage is reserved for my BMW 3 Series. His faith increased so much more. They're still asking him, Pastor, have you got the car yet? No, but it's coming. It's coming. He decided I, it, it doesn't even deserve to be in my driveway. And he parked the car on the opposite side of the road in the neighbor's yard. In fact, his faith increased so much so that he decided, I won't even give it the dignity of sitting in this car and driving it. So his wife would drive it with the kids to church, and he'd walk to church. One day, he was invited to go preach in the Ivory Coast. And he's preaching, and he's preaching up a storm. And a lady came up to him at the end, South African, Caucasian lady. She says, for a black pastor, you preach pretty well. He didn't know if it was an insult or <laughs> an encouragement. And she says, and the Lord says to give you whatever he told you he was going to give you. And he goes, okay. She had a checkbook ready. God says he's going to give me in B&W 3 Series. She didn't blink. She says, well, how much is it worth? He told her. She wrote the check. He got it. He went to buy the, the car. Come on. You've got to believe God for that. But the faith increases. Remember, we're saying this. It's got to go from glory to glory, the Bible says. That's how the Lord takes us. What happens next is the man gets struck with a disease, and he's dying from the disease. And the doctor says, you've got one month to live. Get your affairs in order. And this man began getting things ready, but he says, but Lord, how can you do this? You called me to ministry. I haven't seen the fulfillment of my ministry. The destiny is not yet complete. How can this be? What do you want me to do? What have I done? Have I grieved you, Lord? And the Lord says, sacrifice that which you love the most. So he took his keys to the board. He says, the Lord told me to give this to you to sell it, put the money in the church. But pastor, that's the car the Lord gave you. He says, I know. He did. Instantly he got healed. You have to understand that when you step in faith, it will never make sense. That's why it's called a miracle. An activated faith attracts rewards. That's why the Bible says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. But listen to this. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith always has a reward at the end. You don't just believe for nothing. God wants you to believe for something. But the reward has to be earned. And the reward is earned through faith. Here's a thought I want you to understand. You will never experience a miracle as long as you play it safe. The disciples of Jesus recognized there was something entirely radical about this rabbi. He wasn't like any other rabbi of that day. When he said something, it happened. When he released a word, people are being healed. There were answers to prayer constantly. So they decided, we need to find out how he does what he does. It must be his prayer life. Because the Bible says he would often go to lonely places to pray. The Bible also says before the light had come, while it was still dark, he would pray in the morning. And he would spend hours in the presence of the Lord. Presumably, the disciples did not wake up with him to pray with him. Because they just wrote, he went away to pray by himself paying that price so they said this question teach us to pray because clearly the miracles are happening because of his prayer life teach us to pray and this is how he taught them he says pray like this our father who art in heaven 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And they began to put that into work, but still the miracles weren't happening. It's then that they realized it's not enough to pray. I want you to get this in your head. It's not enough to pray. You need faith. And so they asked the next question. You'll find this in Luke chapter 17, verse 5 to 6. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. How many people know you can't plant a tree in water? Am I the only one? You can't plant a tree in water, okay? It'll, <laughs> it'll flop over, it won't grow. But he's saying you can plant it in the sea by faith. He continues on. In fact, they asked him multiple times, increase our faith. Teach us to have more faith. Matthew 21, 21. You also find this Matthew 17, 18 to 20. But let's just go 21, 21. Jesus replied, because they asked him, teach us to have more faith. He says, I tell you the truth, because God can't lie. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also, you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. Do you understand? You don't do the miracle. All you do is you release it. You send a command, and God takes care of the rest. I come across some Christians, oh, but what if God doesn't answer the prayer? It's not your reputation at stake. It's His. But look at, let's put it together. They asked Him, Jesus, increase our faith. They were hoping he would say, well, if you say 100 Our Fathers and three Hail Marys, and if you do 20 push-ups, you will have more faith. That's what they expected. He didn't answer them that way. This is what he said. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. It can even be as tiny as a little mustard seed. That's all you need. And you can move mountains. But here's the key. If you have faith and do not doubt you get the key if you doubt you will actually shut down the power of God but if you have no doubt it doesn't matter how little your faith is God will hear the prayer